Welcome to the Profit First REI podcast, where real estate investors master financial management, eradicate entrepreneurial poverty, and learn to be profitable from day one. Now for your host, David Richter. Hey, everyone. It is David Richter again with the Profit First REI podcast. Have another special guest, Matt Terrio. And he, if you don't know his name already, you might be living under a rock, but he has epic real estate. He teaches a lot of people. He does this for real. I'm a part of several different groups that Matt's a part of too. So I get to see behind the scenes and how people respect him, respect his company. And really, this is a genuine person who I believe in. And I believe in what he's doing, his mission, and the people that he's helping. It's real people that he's helping every single day. He's got a powerhouse family. He's got Mercedes, his wife behind the scenes. You cannot, if you don't know Matt, that you probably don't know Mercedes either because they are a package deal. She is an amazing human being. They've got a son as well too that I see. I love seeing their family posts of just how they pour into him and just how they are encouraging him. He's going to be another amazing human being with great parents here going through. So I'm just, I'm so excited because this is someone who I believe is a, a good package human being of how to raise a family, how to do those things, and then how to be successful in real estate. So Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on. Super. Thanks, David. I've never had anybody say those things about me. Well, we, now you do. We haven't known each other very long, I guess. <laughs> right? Yeah. So no, I, just, I really appreciate that. Thank you. That was nice. Yeah. Well, I just now seeing this stuff behind the scenes, being able to interact with other friends and stuff. It's just I always love seeing where people are and then seeing what they're doing and then seeing behind the scenes as well too. So, Matt, let's go into a little bit behind the scenes. Let's tell a little bit about your story. Like, what got you started in real estate investing? Like, tell us about your journey. Sure. Yeah. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I spent the next uh, several years, almost like about 13, 14 years of my life in the music business and uh, just living the dream and living the life, making lots of money. I made my millions by the time I was 30. And, you know, it was nothing like what life is, or what life became to be in the sense that, you know, I didn't have to set it, wake up and create a to-do list. I didn't have to mm. set goals. I just kind of did what I did. And I was very fortunate to be compensated for it and compensated well. But then this thing called the digital download came along and just turned the whole industry upside down. I mean, Napster mm. really just obliterated the music stores. And I don't know how old you are, David, but we actually used to have to walk into stores and buy music. <laughs> like, what? What? Yes. What is that? Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. I can't even imagine that today. And uh, so when that switched and kind of people changed how they consume music and how they purchase and, and stuff, you know, it put us out of business in wow, six mm. very short, fast months. Wow. And at the time it was happening, like we had no idea, like nothing like this had ever happened before. So we didn't know it was happening. In hindsight, it's crystal clear what was happening. But at the time we were just like, wait a minute, what, what happened? People stopped loving us. They don't like our music anymore. Does it really suck that bad? You know, <laughs> but um yeah, in six months, it put us out of business. The The wife didn't appreciate that, so she took off. And so I was left with all of the business bills. I was left with all of her bills and unfortunately had to file bankruptcy. That was in 2001. And essentially, at the age of 34, I had to start life from scratch. I had to start over. And I went out looking for jobs and stuff like that, like what I guess what I was supposed to do, but found I was uniquely qualified for absolutely nothing in the corporate world. <laughs> and there was a bunch of us out there. There was a bunch of unemployed, you know, entertainment entrepreneurs. Hmm. I think uh, Sony had laid off 
10,000 people, then Universal laid off 10,000, then Sony did it again, another 10,000 Universal. There's like 40, 50,000 people out there just with those two companies, all looking for work, all pounding the pavement. So the job market was really kind of tough. And uh, so I ended up, after trying all kinds of things, selling cars and selling insurance and a number of different multi-level marketing things, like I just had to do something to eat and ended up bagging groceries. And so at the age of 34, I was bagging groceries and thank goodness they were on strike. So I, I, I crossed the picket line and uh, got $20 an hour. And I just, and that's my reference point from high school. Cause I wasn't really money savvy or anything like that up to this point. I just made music and I got paid for it and the bills yeah. got paid and $20 an hour. Like I remember my very first job was like $3 and 15 cents an hour. I was washing dishes in a, in a Chinese uh, takeout restaurant and I was like, well, $20 an hour, that doesn't sound too bad, right? right. <laughs> and then I got that first paycheck. I was like, oh, this is bad. This is really, <laughs> really bad. <laughs> and uh, so I did that for about six months and was really angry and upset at the world, blamed everybody and everything for the situation that I found myself in and, and uh, came to realize that, wow, if, if I don't do something about this, if I don't start taking some responsibility, I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. Um, no one is coming to save me. No one is here to protect me. Um, I'm a grown man. And uh, this is where I'm at right now. And it was the, the thing that pushed me over the edge was the strike ended. And I remember the manager coming to me and saying that, uh, Matt, you're a great employee. We would love to keep you. You're just fantastic. But now that the strike is over, you know, you're going to have to join the union and you have to start the union at the bottom. And they start at $7 an hour. Oh. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just went from... In six months, I went from a seven-figure year to $7 an hour. I was like, oh, my goodness. So we got to know each other pretty well. He happened to be 34 also. He, he was managing the store, though, and he'd been there for a while. And he was actually approaching his 20-year uh, anniversary where he was actually going to take a portion of his pension, I guess, or his, mm -hmm. whatever his retirement fund thing was. But he showed me. He said, Matt, like, I'm, I'm out of here in a couple of years, and, but this is what I've been able to do along the way. And he opened up this little photo album. We used to have photo albums instead of phones. And, uh, you know, you turn, turn pages to look at pictures. And he had pictures of like these, these apartment buildings. They were like his little babies. And he said, you know, the last 20 years, I've been able to acquire a few of these apartment buildings. And the passive income from these apartment buildings is paying me more than what my pension is going to pay me. So I'm done. And then he said these words to me right here, David, that was like the transformational moment when he said, you know, real estate, it's the final frontier where the average person has a legitimate shot at creating real wealth. And, you know, him being a grocery store manager, that's about as average as it gets, I guess. <laughs> and at that yeah. point, I was feeling far below average myself. I was like, who am I to aspire higher than the average? So let's go for the real estate thing. And that's how I ended up in real estate. Awesome. So then tell about your journey in real estate because you've done some amazing things in real estate and you've taught a lot of people and helped them get to where mm -hmm. they average over they can make you know the wealth in real <laughs> for estate. For sure. Thanks for acknowledging that because I'm pretty proud of that and what we've been able to do. Yeah. Um, but the the first step was which I what I thought the logical thing was to do, and I think what so many people think is, is to go get a real estate license. And I went and did that and became a real estate agent. And I did okay. And I mean, I got rookie of the year my first year and then just kind of like plateaued there for a few years. And after a while, I realized it was about four years later, I realized, wow, if real estate is this final frontier where all this money's at, you know what? I'm sitting on the wrong side of the desk. 
was really the epiphany that I had because I had a couple investor clients and I just kept watching their lifestyle and watching their profits compared to my commissions. And I was like, I'd rather have what they got. So I made a huge investment. And at the time, I mean, I, these were kind of unheard of at the time. Today, they're kind of common knowledge, these, these educational programs that you know, or five or six figures even to make this investment in yourself. And so I did that. And everyone in my whole world, particularly my, my mom, thought I was absolutely insane to spend $22,000 on a edu- real estate investing education program where I wasn't going to get a degree or anything. Yeah. Because that was her mindset. Hmm. And so I was like, you know, I'm doing it. I got to do it. I've, I've got a, enough of a taste of real estate as an agent. Like I, I know what's next for me. And so I made a decision to no longer represent other people in the purchases of their properties and decided just to represent myself and, and act on my own behalf and got into the, got into this program. They had this little concept and which I've adopted into Epic is to move at the speed of instruction where you learn a little and do a little, learn a little, do a little, because if you try to learn everything before you take that first step, that's like, they kind of demonstrate this is the longest way to go about it. And they said that the quote from uh Martin Luther King, he said, you don't need to see the whole staircase to take the first step. And I was like, ah, that makes so much sense. And then they were like, just travel as far as you can see. And when you get there, you'll see a little further. And so we just took this little step-by-step-by-step. And inside of 60 days, I had my very first deal under contract, went driving for dollars, just like they told me to do. And I came back and I got this little deal. And long story short, I've made about 27,000 bucks on it. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. I'm done. This is the, okay, I know how to do this. And it took me about eight months before I got my next deal. And so that $27,000 did not last the whole eight eight months. (laughs) It was gone pretty quickly. So I was engaged in this program still. It was a two-year program. And so I, because of the situation I was in, I was really attracted and drawn to the creative acquisition courses, the creative acquisition strategies. So I got really good at negotiating price and terms and really focusing on the terms. And so I built my entire portfolio. I got up to 350 units at one point without a bank loan and without ever using my credit score. And so that was, um, and, and to this point, I mean, I just bought my first property um, maybe last year, I guess it was 2019. You always lose that COVID year. It was 2019, but it might, I just got my credit score up to where I was lendable by a bank. So after 13, 14 years of real estate, I finally got to use a bank loan, which was very exciting. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, along the way, when people recognize where you used to be, and you know, I saw you bagging groceries a while back, like your your closest inner circle, and uh, now you're playing golf on a Tuesday. Like, how did you turn this around? And so back then, as I as I kind of realized, well, wow, I guess there's a a demand for this type of information, this education. And certainly I would have never discovered it and never would have stumbled upon it unless, you know, I had that great upset in my life when technology came and came along and disrupted the music business. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do that. And so we started teaching it and been able to duplicate my results for those that are willing to do the work. And, and here we are today, what we are, uh, I don't know, I guess we've been doing, I've been doing teaching real estate now, as long as I was in the music business. So about 14, 15 years, we've had a podcast for about 12 years. I think we were one of the very first podcasts on real estate, if not the first, had a YouTube channel for 11, 12 years. And, and uh, here we are today. Yeah, that's awesome. And so much, 
so much packed in there of the lessons that you've learned of where you've come from to where you are now and then helping other people get to you know get through those on their journey as well which since it's a profit first RI podcast let's focus a little bit on the money aspect and just the mindset around that because it sounds like he was like successful then had to do the reset and then came back successful again. So the iterations of what I usually ask people is like, what early lessons did you have about money or learn about money? And then where are you now? But it sounds like you had several different along the way. So can you tell me kind of how that mm-hmm. the mindsets during those times? Well, the biggest part mindset wise, when it came to money was my personal definition of what wealthy was. And I, I give all the credit in the world to the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, I, I bet you've never read it before, even heard oh, of it. Never. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, my whole concept, especially in the music business where it was very much, um, you know, it was kind of a show off type lifestyle. This is what I got. This is what I can afford. Look at my shoes, look at my jewelry, look at my car. And so I just thought being wealthy was having a lot of money in the bank. And, and I did have a lot of money at the bank multiple times in my life while I was in the music business. and but I knew I had to keep on releasing records to keep my money in as high, as high as it was. So I wasn't like, I didn't, I wasn't free. I still had to work as wealthy as I I thought I was. And then when I read the book, rich dad, poor dad, it defined that definition of wealth of how many days of the month can you survive without having to work. Right. And so if you had enough passive income to pay, you know, 20 days worth of bills, then you were like 20 days wealthy. And the goal was to get, I guess, to 30. If I remember this correctly, it's been a very long time, but you needed an, enough passive income to cover your, your, all of your monthly bills for the month. And have, after having made a bunch of money and lost it all and knowing what that felt like, that was very intriguing to me, uh, just a different pursuit of how to, uh, of how to pursue money, right? A different mindset of how to pursue money. And so I made that shift in my head. Like I am no longer going to try and stack my cash. My goal now is to stream my cash. And so I started producing or buying assets, income property specifically, and has ventured into a bunch of other things since, but income property specifically to get enough passive income from my real estate to pay my monthly expenses. And I did that in about three and a half years. Now, by no means would, would anyone have ever called me wealthy. But you know what? I was financially free. I didn't have to work. And having experienced both of those large banks, large bank accounts, but having to work, and then a small bank account and not having to work, I liked the smaller bank account and not having to work better. Now, granted, I still love money and I still wanted a lot, but that was a much better feeling. And so that shift, that was the big mindset shift. Awesome. I love that. So then you are also a big fan of Profit First and incorporating that and a believer and user of it. So what did, when you first read about that and then started implementing that, how did that help with mindset? And then what were the, some of the benefits that you got from using mm-hmm. Profit First? Yeah. So I, you know, I mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Everyone always asks me, like, what are my favorite books? And I had the same three over and over and over. It was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It was The Slight Edge. And it was Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. Those three books were completely transformational for me. And I've been saying those same three books for a decade. And then I was in a mastermind group where my friend, Kevin, 
he had, uh, I'd like to honor him because he just passed away from COVID. So um, rest in peace, Kevin, this is to you and, and thank God for, for you and introducing me to the prophet first. He, um, he said, it was a great book, really great book. You got to get it. You got to get it. And I had heard of it before. And I could, you know, just by the title of the book, I kind of assumed what it was about. And so I didn't think it was going to be that in, in, intriguing or, or compelling of, of, of a story, but he kept doing it. And I was on, found myself, it was at Christmas, maybe four years ago. And I was living in Los Angeles at the time. And I was going to drive to my mom's house, who was in uh, Southern Oregon. So I was about a, a 11 hour drive or so. And I was like, I just need a good book to listen to the whole way. And that, that was the book that I chose. And so, and it was, the, now it's one of my four, right? I, I finally added a book. And it's so important because, you know, I'd been an entrepreneur my entire life. And in the opening chapters, you know, Mike was just, he was really reading my life. Like you make a lot of money, but at the end of the year, you don't have any left. You just keep on spending every single thing that you make. And it doesn't matter how much you make, you just find a way to spend it. And I was like, you know what, you're right. And, you know, I think I was what, 47, 48 years old at the time. I was like, I better start thinking about this because, you know, I have these assets and stuff like that, but I really don't have any discretionary income to speak of. I don't have any disposable cash. I don't have anything for emergency. All of my money has been deployed. It's all producing income and that's fine and dandy, but you know, that money comes in and I spend it. Right. And I just kind of wait for the, till the next rent checks come in. And so I started and what really intrigued me was the whole automation part of it, of how, you know, money comes in and I, uh, to, to, in all honesty, I did not do it exactly how Mike said to do it because he said, you know, and I, I'm sure this is much more, you know, responsible way of doing it, of hiring your CPA, getting your CPA trained up on the concept and have the money go into them and they disperse the money for you and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't want to wait for that. I just want to get to it and, and, and start acting right away. And so I don't know if the, when he wrote the book, if like the types of tools that are available today, technology wise were available, then I don't know. But, you know, my money comes into an account and it gets dispersed automatically like to four different locations. So I've got a, a cash account. I've got an, an um, I have a, uh, what do we call it? This a, what did you call it a secular investment account? So it's stocks, bonds, mutual fund type thing. And then I got a crypto account that it goes to. And um, I said taxes. Yeah. And then I got, and, and, and taxes. So I kind of have those four things. And so after just... And, and then the whole idea is, you know, you do, you have it automatically dispersed and what's ever left in your account, that's what you get to pay your bills with. And I was thinking like, wow, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that because I spend everything every month, but remarkably it was so easy and that I started ramping up more and more and more that my disperse, disbursements to my, all of my other accounts were getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was living on less and less and less and paying the bills with less and less and less. And it just kind of worked out. Um, and so that has been life-changing because now those types of issues that used to concern me just four years ago are completely gone, completely gone. Like it's, you know, I've got a cool little cash stash. And so I've never worried about any type of emergency or anything like that. My investments are growing um, on both sides. And, and then when the tax guy comes around, I'm prepared for him too. And all is just, it's just fantastic. And, and, if I didn't do that, I might still be in the same exact spot. I was, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. 
No, I love that. I love hearing those stories and I love seeing the benefits of what it really does. And uh, glad you took the plunge at that book four years yes. ago on that, that uh, Christmas time there. So sounds like it's really been beneficial. One other thing that it's actually branched off into David is that, you know, the, the whole automation aspect of it, of having, you know, just ha- stuff happens automatically and money gets sent into these places automatically. And I've had it been, my whole thing has been cash flow my entire life, right? Or my entire real estate career. Cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, passive income, passive income. I hated idle cash. I don't want any money sitting around if it can't be out there working for me was my whole mindset for so long. Now I've got all this autumn, like the cash flow comes in and now it gets automatically dispersed to these other places. So I'm saving in other areas. And now what I've taken it to a next level. So I'm in really kind of embracing this idea. And I don't know if I made this up or not, but called velocity investing to where the cash flow from my real estate gets dispersed to another investment that generates income that gets dispersed to another investment. So it's like the, the cash flow, the sing, the dollars that are coming in from my real estate are building two or three, let's see, like five or six different, I would say six different, you know, types of portfolios that all produce income. And then they, then it comes back to me. So I'm building and growing these assets all with the automation process explained inside of profit first. So it's, I've really, you know, kind of ran with that idea and got a little creative with it and it's just built on top of each other. And it's just totally, uh, yeah, it's grown exponentially. That's awesome. Do you mind if I ask just a nitty gritty question there, sure. which, which bank or what automation tool are you using? Cause I know there's some big banks that don't have this automation or even smaller banks, you know, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So what kind of tools are you using them to there's automate a, it? There's a thing called wealthfront.com. Wealthfront. Yeah, they probably have an affiliate link or something, but probably. I'll just give that to everybody. <laughs> Wealthfront.com. And you can connect. And I think there's lots of things. I think like Mint does the same thing. I think there's another website called Personal Capital that does the same type of thing. There's a lot of these out there. But I originally signed up to this because three years ago, four years ago, you know, they were advertising a 2% return on your savings account. And that was the only place out there that was even above 1%. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, okay, I'm in. And then when COVID hit, they said, sorry, we have to reduce your rates. And, they didn't, and now that you know we're coming out of COVID, they, yeah. they're not volunteering to raise them back up again. But the whole point is they had some really great automation tools of how you can automatically disperse money to different areas. Okay. That's awesome. Yep. So that's wealthfront.com. So if you're wealthfront. listening to this, if yep. you're listening to this, that's a great share there. So what uh, we're coming down to the final few questions here. Do you have just any other general advice or general you know, anything for the real estate investors listening to the podcast? Um, yeah, yeah. Pay yourself first. Right. That's what I say. <laughs> um, this is a great, great idea. I, I mean, I, th- I think real financial freedom comes from streaming cash rather than saving cash, which we're all taught to, to save, save, save. And the tragedy is most people just don't make enough to save enough to ever experience any sort of financial freedom. Today's um, 65 year olds are reaching that retirement age and 95% of them are still dependent on something else other than their own money or their own investments. That's church. It's the government, it's family, state, whatever it may be. Um, So that's one thing. So focus on streaming money rather than saving it. I would say would be the first step. The second would be absolutely pay yourself first and then pay your bills with what's left over. Um, I think that's, that was a big, that was a life saver for me. I, I mean, I, 
you know, you commonly refer to stuff like that as a game changer. I would refer to that as a lifesaver. And then, you know, then use your assets to buy more assets, income producing assets. And that right there, I've done more probably in the last three years than I did in the previous 15 as a real estate investor. Awesome. That great info right there. There's a life-saving tip for you too, because the sooner you can do that, the better. Wherever you are right now today listening, that can help you get to where you need to be. So ton of value here today. It's been incredible. This has been a lot of fun. So how can our listeners provide value back to you? What are you working on now? How to connect? What do you need? Those types of things. Sure. So we're, we're live and, and vibrant and very active on the YouTube channel. That's at epicrei.tv. Um, we've had the, the, the longest running real estate investing podcast on, on all of the podcasts. Uh, that's Epic Real Estate Investing. We've got our normal website, epicrealestate.com. And so those are all our normal places. And then um, if you want something for free, like if you wanted to get started down the creative financing avenue to where uh, you, know, you can start buying real estate and producing cash flow using very little to if any of your own money, go to epicbreakthrough.com epicbreakthrough.com. There's a little download of cheat sheets of, of the same cheat sheets I give to my private clients of the different financing terms and how to structure those and examples of that. And then if you want to take it further, there'll be instructions on how to do that as well. But those are free. Awesome. Thank you. We'll make sure that we have those links in the show notes so people can go there right now and look at those. So Matt, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for being on today. Hopefully this that people take you up on that because you're the real deal. You've helped. He's been doing this for 14, 15 years. How many people can really say that where it's just not the flash in the pan or, you know, oh, they've been doing this for a couple of years. He's had a track record and still doing this, still helping people go follow him, go watch his, you know, the podcast, the YouTube, everything. So thank you so much again, Matt, for being on. Appreciate it, David. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you found this episode valuable, could you do me a quick favor? Can you give us an honest rating within iTunes? And be honest, you could say whether you liked it or not. And obviously with iTunes, the more reviews and ratings we have, the better it is for other people that are searching for a profit first in a podcast. So we'd love to be ranked on there. And that's thanks to your help. So we would really appreciate that if you would like to go give us a rating. Also, if you're looking to connect with us further, I would highly recommend checking out our Facebook group, Profit First for Real Estate Investors. And that's literally what it's called. So you can type in Profit First for Real Estate Investors and you'll be able to find our Facebook group right there. So come join active real estate investors who are supporting each other and growing their businesses and profits together. That's what that group is all about. The link should be in the description below. And if you're interested in working with us and implementing Profit First in your real estate business, we offer coaching and guidance. So if you want to work with someone who's actually Profit First certified and who works right now currently with real estate businesses, you can actually go start your application process by going to simplecfosolutions.com forward slash apply, or just go right to simplecfosolutions.com and there's an apply button right on there. If you want to actually start your Profit First journey with someone who can actually walk you through those step-by-step and help you know and grow your cash flow. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Profit First REI podcast. See you next episode.